It is time for another UFC fight night now. It is UFC Vegas 20, Rosenstruck versus Gan. One of the best fights we've seen in a while. Let's do this. What's up, friend? Welcome to DFS Tavern. I'm your betting bartender, Anzo. Today, we are talking UFC Vegas 20. Have an exciting card. The main event's probably the best main event we've seen in a fight night in a long, long time. We're going to get to the card in just a second and the plays. Before we do, we're going to head to the website. We can get all the information that we have for free, including the stat models and our link to our Discord chat all for free. Make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss a single video that we put up, which includes PGA, UFC, and NASCAR throughout the year. Now let's go to the website. Here we are on the webpage. All the links are down below in the description. Go to the upper left. Click it open for the UFC Vegas 20 stat model, which will load in right now. What you're going to want to do is cover over to the right and click right on that so that you open up the stat model on your phone, your tablet, your computer. It's just much easier to use when you open it up outside of the website. All right, so the listed fights are here for the order that should fall in the main event and the co-main top two and work our way down. It has all the information that we need, which includes the DK price, Vegas odds inside the distance, the average points per a fighter. FanDuel never seems to have their f values up early enough when I'm making the video, so we'll get those up there as soon as I can in the follow-up video Friday night. And then we have our finishing information average fight time and striking and grappling now average fight time striking and grappling are all for ufc sanctioned fights only then head all the way over to the right and get our notes and social media links all to the right including our discord chat link where you can ask us all the questions in our live chat at any time so it wouldn't be a ufc pod without talking about the main event cyril gone versus jorginho rosenstruck it is one of the best fights we've seen in a while. Two heavyweights coming in much better than probably last week. Given these are guys that are coming up the leaderboard and the rankings and are younger than those that we've seen recently. Rosenstreich is 11 and 1. Gan is 7 and 0 oh, and really, really making a name for himself. You didn't know him already. Gan is the 265 favorite. And this fight is looking to end inside the distance. That's really something that we're keen in on as we want fighters to close out the fight so it doesn't go and get us the points or minimal points on DK or FanDuel for just going to a decision. We want those finishing points. Now, people might notice that Rosenstrike is a little bit heavier than Gan, but it's not like Gan hasn't been able to take down some larger fighters. Both are coming off of wins to Junior Dos Santos. But with the number eight and number six heavyweights in the world going at each other, this is really looking to be a fight that will give the winner a chance to jump into the top five. A huge, huge fighter for their next event. So lots on the line here for two younger guys in the heavyweight division. And I really think at 9,000, Gan is producing a little bit of value here. Now, I can't say that I don't like Rouge and Strike here at 7,200. That's a nice price for such a great fighter, but I just think he's outmatched here, not only in the finishing game, but the striking game and the takedown game, whereas Rosenstrike might be able to block any takedown attempts coming his way, but Gan just 
feels like he's going to piece him up and doesn't get hit a lot. And I feel as though Gon is just going to kind of feel him out for the first round, maybe go for the knockout, but then really in the second and third rounds, have a chance to go for the game ender to make it an early night for your UFC event. That is the clearest path of victory for Gon is the knockout. Definitely don't see a decision coming out of this one. Never want to take it to judges in such a huge fight anyway. But 9,000 might be a nice start to your teams if you didn't want to jump up to any higher type of fighters. So let's talk about another fighter that is priced way up there and why I won't be going to her. And that would be Angela Hill versus Ashley Yoder. Hill is 9,200. I don't see any reason why she is priced so high. I get it. She's a huge favorite, minus 360. But if this one were to go to a decision, she doesn't strike enough to get you all those points. And look, these points over here are for three rounds, 34 points. So even if she gets 34 points for her striking and gets another 30 points for the decision, Where's the other 30, 40 points going to come from? Takedowns? No, she doesn't really do that. The output just isn't there. So that'd be someone that I would kind of avoid. I know you want to have me give you takes on like who you would like. And I'm not saying you go with Ashley Yoder here. I'm saying this is probably a fight that you don't want to play either side of on the DFS side of things. Because Hill, again, has been on the wrong side of some decisions and we don't want to get that point. What's she going to do to make sure that she doesn't get this to a decision? Again, the output isn't there. This is a little bit of a step down for her fights that she normally has. She's a much better fighter in the straw weight division. But I think after having a couple of decision losses, she really needs to step up her game. And I just don't think it's a fight where it's going to happen, unfortunately. So yeah, staying away from Angela Hill. Now the fight right below it, Alex Aceres, the... Bruce Leroy, and Kevin Kroom is a very interesting fight to me. So this is actually going to come a couple bouts after the last fight we just talked about in the evening, but Cesaris at minus 210, minus 220 favorite it doesn't seem right here at 8,800. Kroom at 7,400 provides you the value and the points and able to afford those fighters above, say, 9K. You really need some underdogs in here, and I think this is one where we can get a win. Now, Kroom is the gentleman that beat Roosevelt Roberts in the first round via a choke. It came back as a no contest because afterwards they said, hey, you were smoking the weed, and they took away his win. Now here we are after a little bit of a punishment, getting fined, not being able to fight in the UFC for a while. But we're back, and a fighter that has changed his game. Now, this is not to say that Alex Asaris hasn't become more of a mental fighter and more resound and a little bit more less risky in his fights because he used to be a wild card on many of his fights. In his last two or three fights, he's really come to his own and pieced together a few well-earned victories. Most recently took out Austin Springer with a rear naked choke. Chase Hooper, who was supposed to be a nice young kid coming in, having a chance against Cesares, he beat him by decision. And then another decision versus Steven Peterson before that. So he's just kind of piecing together some decent fights. But 8,800 again, uh, don't want to pay for something like that to someone to go to a decision where Kroom can come in and really put a hurting on Cesares to maybe get him off this new game plan that he's been having. Now, Kroom was on a three-fight win streak prior to that no contest after getting popped for the weed. They're both around the same age, so there's no real age advantage here. 
When you look at the world rankings, though, you're going to say Cesaris is the easy choice. I just think 7,400, you could do a lot worse than Kroom here to go for a fight. When he's got the hunger, the drive, the need to want to get that extra prize money, like knockout of the night or finish of the night, just like he did last time, 7,400, Kevin Kroom, let's go. Now, let's jump down to the first fight of the night. Dustin Jacoby versus Maxim Grisham. Grisham is old, right? 36 years old for... A light heavyweight is not like super, super old, but uh, he's had a stint in the UFC a long time ago, got released after a couple of losses, and now he's back at 7,700. He has the ring advantage as far as knowledge. He's had 41 professional fights where Jacoby has not. Jacoby's more of an up-and-comer on a three-fight win streak. No one's really going to want him being the first fight of the night, but I think this is usually where you kind of make or break your teams. He's a minus 170 favorite. It's supposed to be a knockout coming in like first, second, third round maybe because that's what he does. Again, his KO percentage is 69% of his wins. His fight time at 10 and a half minutes really is just into that third round as per average on UFC fights. He doesn't have the greatest output here, but you can see that Grisham has like barely any and is probably more like a counter type of attack puncher and will kind of get hit, even though he might not get hit a lot. So Jacoby over Grisham is a nice way to kind of start your fight night at 8,500. Again, you can use Kroom as one of your underdogs to kind of get you points and give you a chance to win. And then Cyril Gan to top it off at 9,000 for the win, especially with a knockout, seems very logical for the evening's fights. Maybe you like the picks, maybe you don't, but you always have to have a game plan when picking your fighters and always include the path to victory and that's what we talk about a lot on the discord chat join us in there for free links are below we'll talk about path to victory for anybody that you bring up during fight day if you have any questions and we still talk all the pga and nascar as well follow us on twitter at dfs tavern to always get the latest information and don't forget about our dixie vodka 400 nascar race on sunday we'll have that video out as well as always be kind Love you all. Let's do this.